Depression is a motherfucker. You have options. Go to mentalhealth.gov to learn more or call 1-800-273-8255 if you need immediate help. My name is Joshua Gilmore from the Nowhere California and Ectopod podcast. You are not alone. Okay, let's keep this simple. The elections are coming up. If you need any information, go to nerdsvote.com. Take your time, do your research, but vote. You are now entering Nowhere, California. If you love what you hear, you can subscribe to us on all of your favorite podcast players. And if you can, please leave us a ranking and review. Also, if you like our ideas but hate our voices, you can get your Nowhere, California fix at NowhereCalifornia.com. And if you want to share your random thoughts or other bullshit, you can message us at Facebook.com slash NowhereCalifornia or Nowhere underscore California at Yahoo.com. Remember to listen irresponsibly, my friends. Ideas from everywhere, voices from nowhere since 2011. Well, you already know this. Episode 1 was pretty long, and Part 2 is kind of long, too. It's our anniversary episode, so enjoy it. It's fucking advanced directive reads like stereo instructions. What the fuck? Insane fucking rules. Insane is great. Oh, yeah. I have an honorable mention in this one that came from the 90s, and anytime it comes on, I, oh, my balls hurt, and I fucking cringe, and that's Lens Steal My Sunshine. <laughs> I oh, God, yeah. fucking hate that song. That had that breath lead singer doing stupid fucking sort of rap. Yeah. And then all she does is suck on a fucking lollipop the whole time. She's stupid. She sucks on a lollipop the whole fucking time during the video, and then she goes, And you feel my sunshine. And oh my god. I okay, hate that song. yeah. You got any? So I had, I had to throw one honorable. Right? I have one. Lips of an Angel by Hinder. Oh, God. Oh, dude. That was a horrible song. You know what I love, love, love to see on the internet is videos of couples having that as their first song at their wedding. <laughs> when you read the lyrics and it's about a guy having an affair with his girlfriend who's living with him, that's why he steps in the other room, is to speak to his to mistress. To speak to his, yeah. To speak yeah. to his mistress. Fucking... And you have all of these Bible Belt edgy kids oh, dude. having it be their, you know. Yeah. You know, oh, our first well, it kind song. of falls under the fact of like <clears throat> one of the most popular like graduation wedding songs, uh, uh, Good like, Riddance, Time of Your Life. Yeah, amazing song, great song, and everything. It's a breakup song. It yeah. is a breakup song. And, and Billy Joe has done interviews where he's like, "I'm glad it's made a lot of people happy, but it's a fucking breakup well, song." Well, it was okay. So the other one they did was that um, Vitamin C song. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, graduation. graduation. Oh yeah. It's like oh. Very the lead on that one. Yeah, really? Yeah. We're, we're she, well, she knew what she was doing with that one. I but mean, I don't know. know if I should respect her for putting it out on Front Street, or if I should Oh, just, no, I wouldn't respect her for putting it out on Front Street. But enough of crap songs. Let's get to the good shit. I like that. In No Worse History, anytime we do a worse, we got to do the best, because we got to have a pile cleanser. Mm-hmm. And with this one, we definitely had to do it. Um, we're going to discuss our top five songs of all time, personal songs of all time. It's no real, To me, personally, it's in no real particular order, but we have them in Descending order from five to one, mm-hmm. where we know our. I think the only one that is probably the definitive we've put it in the right place is our number one. Yeah, I, I think don't two know about five mine. Can be kind of flip flopped. Yeah, mine, mine. has always been. Mine is always my number one. Has always been my number one. Right. But I have a very vast 
fucking music. Like I, I told you guys before we recorded, mm-hmm. going through this, trying to pick my favorites, I had to go off what I would stop and just fucking rock out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I could go down like best rock anthem songs and shit like this, yeah. but for me, this is in no particular order. Yeah, these are just songs that I okay. that move me in some See, ways. See, my two through five are pretty much kind of the same. Like not really a particular order. My number one is my number one, but my my two through five are. Are kind of just flip flopping oh. in whatever direction you okay. want to put in. How do we want to do this? Who wants to go first? Um, I just, I'll go first. Okay. So this song is like the newest song on my top five, like last week. That's pretty new. Yeah, it's 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 an old it's a cover of an old song. So it's not that the song itself is old, just this version is new. The the band released this version in twenty twenty one. Um, and now the song has gotten back into the mainstream zeitgeist because of Stranger Things. Uh, oh, wow. Running Up That Hill by... It, it's a cover version of Running Up That Hill by Loveless. Running Up That Hill got back into the main zeitgeist now because of Stranger Things, but it was originally done by Kate Bush. Yes. Oh, wow. Um, and you said they released it in 2021, so it have been predated. It even predated Stranger Things, which is another reason why I like the cover. Yeah. Um, I have like I chose songs that were more kind of had stories behind them, and that song has gone from a song that I would never listen to ever again, because it had bad connotations to it, to now that this this version is now like my, if I ever have to like let loose the dogs of war kind mm-hmm. of song like this is that version. Um, there's a story behind it, and I can tell you the story if you if you want to. It just it involves that it involves a very 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 sad story in the beginning so but uh can you readers digest it uh february 2010 the night that i was gonna oh yeah okay okay the, I thought the, the last song that i listened to i went outside to have a smoke and i listened to one song and i was gonna come in and, and finish um was i listened to the cover version of running up that hill by placebo okay so i know that one. yeah so i listened to that and then Obviously, I'm still here, so so didn't go through. Um, uh, Fucking yeah. So I listened. Yeah. I did not listen to that version or any version of that song ever. And then the song, re- then the song came out in Stranger Things, and fucking gave me a full-on panic attack when it first happened and like but it was stranger things i had to finish it Mm -hmm. but that scene on that scene and everything about it and the character and the way that the scene that song turned into an inspiration song and then i found that version on spotify and oh my god that version is so good and fits right in my genre that now it's gone from being a song that i would never listen to and represented a horrible day in time in my life to now let loose the dogs of war yeah. See now, as you're telling the story, I'm thinking, okay, so here's the song you play, you go in, and then now you hear it again, and it brings you back to that place. Yeah. But in my head, I was like, but that song was your saving song too. Like, I, I don't know if that's how. It no, is. I get. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying like, but I'm correcting you. That's yeah. not what I'm doing yeah. at all. But I'm just like. Right, and so because that's... of the correlation with Stranger Things and how that was a saving song yeah. yep. for somebody. Now I immediately correlate that as a saving song for you. A hundred percent, especially awesome. especially this version too. This this version kind of fits into like that emo rock genre version. You're a cunt, by the way. I'm a cunt. Yes, a proper cunt. I'm okay, going to give you the whole English high t because how the fuck are we supposed to follow that? With such oh. an inspirational story. Well, mine's not... Is, it even, is it even funnier that that's my number five? <laughs> well, my number five is kind of in that same vein, but not 
that type of story, but when we get there. So you go with your five. Uh, mine is a cover of a song as well. Um, and like I said, mine, I just chose this as number five because we're, we're going that way. I hurt myself today. Mine is Johnny Cash's cover of Nine Inch Nails. Oh, fucking amazing song. Love that damn song. Version, man. Um, talk about somebody who took a song and made it theirs. Yeah. Even Which, when you had mentioned Weird Al covering Rico Suave yeah. by Gerardo, I was like, well, he made that his. It's yeah. so much funnier. And when you understand Yeah, the but that's the thing, too. With her, like, I've seen interviews where Trent's like, I like Johnny's better. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, you know, that song made me go down the rabbit hole of who did a cover or who who covered a song better than the, better original. Than the original. And that definitely, like we talked about earlier, we're definitely doing an episode of cover songs. And that's, I'm not taking anything away from Trent Reznor and Nine oh, Inch yeah, Nails. No. Like, Nine Inch Nails is the staple of industrial fucking rock in the middle, like industrial goth rock kind of thing from my era. Yeah. I love Nine Inch Nails. But. I still openly will cry when I hear that song mm-hmm. because it sounds like and it's the the end of his life. Yeah, if you watch like the a, fucking yeah. video, it's the last time you see June Carter Cash in there. She's in the video. She died before it was released. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I got goosebumps now thinking about yeah, it. I'm like, uh, it's one of those songs that just fucking moves me. Oh yeah. And totally agree. Uh, I just came back from Nashville going to the Johnny Cash Museum and they and have now, a you whole... went by yourself from certain pictures I saw. I did not. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, no. Yes, to the museum. Yes, I did. Yeah, okay. They've gone enough times that they're oh, like, okay. we're going to go fucking eat. You go to the museum. And I was all, bitch, I'm going to take my sweet fucking time. I'm going to everything. And, uh, okay, so at least speaking, they've been there before. Yes. Now, speaking of covers, though, they have a whole wall dedicated to people who have covered Johnny Cash. Uh, so they, they, just, they have this wall that is dedicated to... People, like over 150 artists have covered Johnny Cash's stuff. From Snoop Dogg to like Joni Mitchell. Snoop Dogg. Yes. <laughs> he covered like Walk the Line or something like that. Oh, uh, okay. Um, they have, uh, of course, the, um, fuck, who is it? Ring of Fire's on there several times oh, yeah. by multiple, multiple people. Um, Social D, I believe. I like the uh, Tiger Army's cover of, of um, Ring of Fire. I love you so much more for saying Tiger Army. Because I, I was big into Tiger Army, and um, uh, that's when I first discovered AFI, when mm-hmm. they were hard in their yep. punk stuff. Yep. Like, that's some that's some cool yeah. shit, so. Yeah. I this think is so, what I, you get to look forward to, man. All this crazy oh, yeah. I think, Tiger Army. I think Raider. Social Distortion's cover of Ring of Fire is good, but I think that suffers from a lot of, like, the other songs in that list overplay. that we're talking about. Overplay. Social so Distortion's got I gotta look overplay. up that Tiger Army. Tiger, Tiger Army, Army. Yeah. Tiger Army, yeah. Another rockabilly. This is a this is a full on rockabilly band. Like, oh, Tiger nice. Army is straight up like the pinnacle of that rockabilly. That sounds cool. Yeah. That sounds yeah. awesome. Um, but as far as that goes, they have a whole section that's dedicated to that song, and it shows how he won. Uh, he won Grammy, a lot of country music yeah. awards. Um, from MTV, he won best video, video of the year, performance. Like music there was mattered. so much stuff, and. Rightfully so, because if you don't listen to that song, you don't feel something. Like you might be a serial killer. Yeah. You might be. Which um, one? Ring of Fire or Hurt? Hurt. Oh yeah, Hurt. And okay. uh, so, got to give a proper due to Rick Rubin on that too. Rick Rubin came in and really kind of shook things up, yeah. um, and did a lot of things with with uh, Johnny that. Johnny was like, really, and a lot of the people that he was surrounded with were like, really, and he's like, just trust me. And, Fuck, dude. He just knocked it out of the park. Rick Rubin did some amazing shit with Johnny. So, yeah, yeah very much, very, very pleased with that. 
Okay, mine number five is not a cover. Okay. Since you guys both had covers for your five. Mine is Walk from the Foo Fighters. Great song. Yeah. That's been like your spring anthem, too. Yeah, and I remember, like, towards the end of my target time, before I even put in my notice and everything, I would listen to music on my phone because just bullshit was going on. I'm like, I'm listening to whatever the fuck I want. And I'm in the back room listening, and Walk comes on, and I'm hearing the lyrics, and I start tearing up where I'm just like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. You know, I I think it's very apropos the book that you turned me on to, uh, Dave Grohl's Storyteller. Oh yeah. He is such a consummate musical storyteller. Oh yeah. And just puts it all out there, you know, like where Johnny like Johnny Cash was very straightforward with the way that he would tell a song, like you knew you were getting a musical story. His takes you on this journey and the emotions that you feel are driven by the guitar or oh, the yeah. drum or the bass line or even just the silence sometimes. Um, and it varies like you get an Everlong where you go from an electric version of it, which is fucking amazing, oh, to yeah. the acoustic version, oh, which is chillingly awesome. Yeah. And I I wouldn't I wouldn't have I would have been more surprised if Foo Fighters had not made your list. Yeah, because also, too, um, after that, after the ball started rolling and everything for my time to be done at Target, yeah. that's where I really really started diving into music. Yeah. And then few, and really Foo Fighters became the soundtrack of my exit to Target. And that led to the closing moments at Target when I went on the walkie the last time mm-hmm. and said, I'm out. And... Leading into it, I talked to Kim, and I don't know if I told you guys, or... Like, I posted it on Facebook, the video for it, and everybody's like, oh, that's bittersweet and everything. And I thought, I told him, like, no, it's not. Listen no. to these lyrics. It was, Remember where I've come from yeah, to this point. It was the journey, uh, and it was the it was the, the thing that drove the direction of your feet out that door. Yeah, and as I walked from the tech department to the time clock... Before I started walking towards the time clock, I went on my phone, went on to YouTube, threw on walk, and played it as I walked out the door. And played it all the way through. That's nice. amazing. Yeah, so I, I I scored my exit to Target. There you go. So that's my number five. Okay, so my number four, I guess I guess you can quantify it as guilty pleasure, um, sort of. Um, this is a Your Era song. Um <laughs> Uh, this how is... much is that dog in the window? <laughs> right? No. Really? Ooga Chago, Ooga Chago, Ooga. Tarzan Ooga boy. I can't stop this feeling. Oh, no, that's not uh, Tarzan boy. Uh, no, that's fucking. No, and I've referenced, song. <laughs> I've referenced this song on the show before. Uh, I think we're alone now by Tiffany. Fucking hell. That song is my. I could be wanting to cry puddles and puddles of songs, but that song will always make me... Dude, just, I can hear it. And she filmed it in a fucking shopping mall. Yeah, because it was the 80s. She was so fucking... She's part of the reason that I love redheads. Yeah. You know, ah, oh, fucking hell. So, uh, I got no inspirational story behind it. It just makes my butt wiggle. Top that. It's a little wiggle, little booty. You gotta fucking quit with 
with the good stories, man. My no story has an awesome story. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, man. Uh, I, I'll tell you what. Tiffany herself is what uh, inspired me to really go back and revisit Jay Giles' band, Angel in the Centerfold. <laughs> because when she posted for Playboy, I was so brokenhearted. Uh. I was like, no! I don't want everybody else to see you. I wanted to see you. <laughs> I wanted to find you in that mall and, you know, children behave. You know, like, <laughs> sing it out to her. So that's fucking funny. That's a great story. <laughs> Just going behind some mannequin yep. and gap kids. Yep. <laughs> um, that's the kid's store. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Gosh, gosh. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Walden. B. Dalton. Walden Hooks. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, here we go. Knock, the, the, you can knock the, the KB Kids, the KB Toy Store. Suncoast. Suncoast. That's where you go. Suncoast. There you go. There you go. Um, so, again, in my, I'm just going to shake up the bag, yank one out here. It's, uh, it's going to be, um, I Want It All by Queen. Damn good song. It's such a... They played a lot of Queen at the casino. Uh-huh. And that one's one of the ones where if I'm... If it's one of those rough mornings for me, when it pops up, I'm like... Nothing. Okay. Just all four of them. Every one of them, dude. Deke, fucking Brian, fuck, Every one of them are up there. And they all built out that first part. I want it all. And you get Freddie going like, yeah, yeah. And I want it all. I want it all. And I want it now. And then fucking Brian May's guitar comes in and just crushes it. And it's it's one of, and believe me, Queen is my favorite band mm-hmm. in the history of the world. To pick out a Queen song to put at the top there. That's the song that, that you know, puts a little wiggle in my behind, too. Um... I fucking, I just love the driving power of that song and how passionate that song is, man. So I have no real correlation to go with anything. It's yeah. just when it came out, I was like, what the fuck? Like, oh my God. I, you know, I remember hearing that for the first time and just lost my shit. So there you go. Nice There's my one. number four. My number four is Whole Wide World by Reckless Eric. Okay. Yeah. Um, he's a British punk performer and you gotta look up the song and hopefully if I'm doing everything correctly you're hearing it now if not my apologies I didn't hear anything okay but um, <laughs> what you know you should do is put in that fucking we'll be right back maybe <laughs> 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 have some crashing in <laughs> we have reached some technical difficulties <laughs> Fuck! Have me in the background, like motherfucker. Oh, see, now would be the per- see. This would be the perfect episode to uh, drop in the record scratch. Yeah, the record yeah. scratch. That's one hundred percent accurate. Yeah, but um, <laughs> the first time I heard the song "Whole Wide World" was the Monkees. They did a cover of this song. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god, I know this song. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then the next time I heard it was in Stranger Than Fiction, the Will Ferrell Maggie Gyllenhaal movie, where he's sitting on the couch and he starts strumming on the guitar. Oh shit! Yeah, that's right. That is in there, and it stuck with me. It was just like, and it's just kind of one of those songs where I'm like, like thinking basically like, don't give up on love. That's right. kind of the thing that stuck with me with it. And then I'm like, okay, like I remember the monkeys, and then I YouTubed it, and I came across the original Reckless Eric version. I'm like, I fucking love this because they do play a clip of it in the movie too. And I'm like, oh, this is this is awesome. This is this is 
going in my circulation. So this is early British punk. Yeah. Like right around 70s. the time we're getting crushed with the Ramones, we're getting the like Sex Pistols, and this is yeah. Okay. See, now the question okay. is, is it more? See now, how would it compare to something like Germs though? Germs. No, oh. it's it's not full blown punk. Okay. Okay. And that's the thing too. Like, like tonight there was a punk show over at the record store, uh, Wisecrack Records. Okay. Unfortunately, it's going on right now. So we're fucking missing it. And the way I was going to try to explain it to Kim so she wouldn't think, like, oh, God, is it going to be a bunch of punk stuff? Punk has certain levels. Mm-hmm. And this was one I agree. of those, This is kind of that, not really mellow, but not really full-blown, like, I'm going to rip your fucking throat out. Punk. Yeah. 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 Well, because there's, there, there's... Well, you get, your, like, your Ramones anti... Not so much anti-establishment, but just anti-record label yeah. sort of punk. And then you get, so then you get the fucking heroin punk. The yeah. Iggy Pop, yeah, and the Stooges, and the Sex Pistols, and all yeah. that shit. Yeah, but the, yeah, that's basically the best way to kind of describe Reckless Eric. And then, Whole Wide World has been one of those songs. Like, if I'm going through a day where shit's just running through my head, I will literally just start singing it to myself to just try to cram that song in my head to have it on loop. Okay. Nice. Yeah, and it's I like that. One of those good ones. That's fucking cool. I'm gonna have to check this out. Yeah. So my number three, um, the title of the song is I Just Want to Know What Happens When I'm Dead. Um, the, t- the band name is a little funny, though, and, and to this day, many people still And they're a new band, too. They, they just came out in 2020. Um, the band's called Hot Milk. Nice. It's, uh, it's now an actual band. It first started out with just a, a, a guy and a girl, um, and then now they have now they're a full-on band, um, just young British, you know, kids, you know, and they are f- and it's full-on emo genre style, um, but it's male vocal, female vocal. Okay. Um, all mu- everything's done by them musically. Uh, she plays guitar. Um, he plays bass. No, Tom plays bass. I can't remember. Uh, but everything's done with, the- and just she has the same pitch and melody and beauty in her voice as Avril Lavigne. Nice. Okay. But she's singing as if she's essentially Evanescence. So it has that same it has that same it has that same but it's more uh, no Evanescence is probably a bit too operatic. Um, It has that same like bravado to it. Like imagine imagine a very whimsical Joan Jett. Oh okay. shit! Okay, yes. okay. Whimsical Joan Jett. That's fucking a great. Yeah, amazing story in Dave's book, right? I haven't got to it. Yet. Oh, okay, never mind. Got, I'm barely <laughs> into it. I'm I'm still where he's you know playing with his kids on stage and stuff like that. I'm like yeah. really early in the book. But uh, Hot Milk is one of those ones that I just like the title. Hot Milk, <laughs> yeah, or the song title. I just want to know what happens when I'm dead. Just all oh, both. So <laughs> much like Macklemore, mm-hmm. same thing. They just self produced. Well, they have a label. They're with Warner Brothers Music. Okay. They're with Warner Brothers Music UK. So, the thing is, is Warner Brothers is only putting out albums for them. Everything else is coming out by them digitally on streaming. Nice. They do everything in-house, put out, do all their own music, um, and then Warner's UK compiled it into an EP. Not an LP. They don't have enough songs for an LP yet. Okay. Um, but they put it into an EP. Um, they just did their first tour of America, like, took a couple months ago they haven't even like crossed this into the states yet but these uh, just these guys and a lot of their a lot of their lyrics and a lot of their message is all about mental health 
That's it is awesome. 100% about mental health. That's awesome. definitely um, about these guys. And one of the things that um, her name she go her name's Han H A N. Um, she she says she goes we do this because we can't afford fucking therapy. Who can afford therapy? So we make music. That's outstanding. Yeah. Finding an outlet. Finding the, yeah. I mean, that's a great message yeah. just in and of itself. Yeah, and their videos are always really fun, um, and their songs are great, and they got a good message, and they're very, very, very cool people. And honestly, as long as, I think, honestly, as long as like they kind of follow that same path that a lot of the younger musicians are following, where they're kind of staying away from the evil part of the industry, like mm -hmm. the party lifestyle... Um, I could see them lasting for years. That's cool. Okay. Years. That's, that's definitely so one good. I'm going to be diving into. They are so when good. we get done with our recording, I have a couple of other like male female duo suggestions for you. Okay. That yeah, I think you I might dig. I love the male female duo like like kind of music. I think there there's just such a contrast in that that I love. And I will always fall head over heels for a female rock band. No, a yeah. female oh, yeah, vocal rock band. Yeah, 100%. <sighs> One hundred percent, I agree with that. So, what's your number three? Uh, my number three is um, one of my all-time favorite songs. Uh, most would say this was the quintessential song for this band, um, probably their singular anthem. But I remember the first time I heard it, and I remember how many times I played it afterwards until I knew the fucking lyrics. And to this day, I still drum this where I go. Yeah, what? Metallica's one. Yep. Holy fucking shit. That song, um, I was a little too young when, like, Kill 'em All and Ride the Lightning first came out because that's, you know, Master Puppets hit in 86, so I was about 10 years old, so I was still listening to a lot of the poppy shit that was coming out and, uh, and, and stuff like that. But uh, by the time And Justice for All hit, holy crap. Um, do I think it's the best song they've done? No. But one is one of those songs that just drives and hangs with you, and it, it has always been one of my favorites. Nice. And, uh, yeah, there's never been a time can never where argue about with one. Like every yet. time I've been somewhere and I just, like, I nervously kind of do the, you know, like, my foot will tap the bass line. Oh, yeah. And I just do the drum, you know, drum break at the end. And somebody will be like, and they go right along with it, you know, See. Andy, everywhere I'm at. You start bobbing your head along yeah. in a second. You Which is exactly. funny because, like, I don't like Metallica. Yeah. I do not like Metallica. But you and know that song. Right. And yeah. I know that song. And yeah. I can acknowledge that it is a good song yeah. to everybody else. It is a good song. I just, there is something about Metallica, and Lars. I don't mean that, well, yes. 100% Lars. Um, I do not mean this in any disrespect because I acknowledge, because other members of the band, James and mm -hmm. others, the other three members of the band, I absolutely respect, love, adore, and think they deserve every accolade and deserve to yep. be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yep. Absolutely. I think they are one of the greatest bands in the world. I just don't like their music. That's fair. Except yeah. for Lars. Lars is a horrible human being. Listen, I, um, I'm the same way about Rush. Yeah. I think Rush deserves, like Neil Peart is, is one of the greatest, you know, the professor is one of the greatest drummers that's ever touched a kit. Yeah. Um, what they've done for music is phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. I fucking hate Getty yeah, Lee's see, voice. Metallica, I hate Getty Lee's voice. Metallica and Red Hot Chili Peppers, two bands that I respect. <laughs> yeah. I think they did yeah. amazing things for the for the music. They've inspired some amazing people, and they will go down in the annals of rock history. 
but it will make my ears bleed. How many, like, really, you can't get behind 57 songs and go, Hey, I'm the first in California, but they're going to find again in California. Yeah, everything about California. That's, they play a lot of Red Hot Chili Peppers at the casino, and I think more and more I'm like, looking like, yeah, no. They they genuinely have some amazing lyrics, but they, they they tend to like for me. You have to understand, like you guys respect a lot of uh, the stuff from the '90s when I was a teenager and when you guys were younger and stuff like that. And everybody had phenomenal albums. I know I've used that word too much. Uh, they they all had their best albums like in the '90s. Yeah, you know you had fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers had Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Absolutely oh, yeah. the best album they've ever put out. Right. I know some people argue with that, but they're wrong. Um, you know, Megadeth came out with their best album. You had, you know, Sublime dropped. And mm-hmm. it just, there's so many bands that had their best shit that happened in the 90s. I don't know why it was such an inspirational time. But, uh, yeah, I, I can see that. I, I mean, in my I opinion, it. I think the reason why the 90s music hit differently and why a lot of these bands were able to come out and have these amazing albums drop on us and it just completely changed music was the way technology changed for music in the 90s. I think because we moved away from like that synth pop mm-hmm. kind of sound that everybody incorporated from Van Halen to Berlin and yeah. everybody else, you know, uh, Flock of Seagulls is yeah. probably your, your top on AHA. But um, Boingo, Boingo. do you stripped it down to a very simplistic acoustic? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, look what Nirvana or look yeah, what uh, ex- MTV did with the Unplugged series. Well, mm-hmm. well, you even said it right there with Nirvana. Yeah, Nirvana. The switchover. Yeah. Well, no, the switchover in general. The fact that yes. Nevermind became a number one hit on returns alone because everybody was tired of. Yes. The well, and in, in the nineties, you had that complete shift away from that poppy, colorful pastel bright you know um fluorescent 80s era where now we're getting into the 90s where people start realizing that holy shit the world isn't all puppies and rainbows because the 80s had some great times but then going in the 90s we realized the world's a piece of shit this might be a good segue for my third song go for it Ooh, go yeah. for it with the idea of the world's shit and whatnot like your first one the what was it again the, running up that hill was your Called Arms, the mm-hmm. Dogs of War. This one's kind of mine. Rollins Band, Disconnect. Yes. yes. Fuck yes. Yeah, and this was kind of a hard one too because my first, I, I figured my first exposure to Rollins Band was Ghost Rider on the Crow soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Dude, absolutely one of the finest pieces of yeah, music. Yeah, and I remember played. hearing it for the first time like, there's something about this band. And, and as a comic book nerd, song's fucking amazing. Oh, yes, oh, yeah. yes. And then I dove in. Yeah. And Black flag. I, yeah. And oh, I've said it before this. on here, and I'll say it again. Henry Rollins is my rage Buddha. Mm-hmm. And if I get to see him in October and get to do the Q&A and ask him a question, I'm going to fly out to him. I'm like, dude, you're my rage Buddha. Dude, I'll explain. because He's our punk Jesus and it, our punk Santa Claus. Yeah, mm-hmm. because he can be... He can have so much rage and frustration and everything, but then channel it into some of the most creative humanitarian efforts, creative artistic efforts. You were the one who told me how he would get in, uh, uh, like flash drives yeah. of Stooges and punk, like punk terabyte music. hard drives. Yes, that he would give to people in in countries where it was, and they knew full well. They took the responsibility and they were like, "No, I want to hear music that fucking changes." Like, you. like they said in the story, he would ask a kid like in freaking. Saudi Arabia or whatever, how, like, how underground is your music? He's like, you need a shovel. Yeah. 
and he would get them a terabyte full of music. He would pass a terabyte hard drive through everybody and get a shit ton of songs. And he's like, it's still floating around uh, the Middle East right now. And That's this is the type of thing, if it gets caught, the kid's probably dead. Mm-hmm. And Henry Rollins is the man. And leading into this thing, I was like, okay, I gotta have a Rollins Band song on here, but which one is it? See, and, Rollins Band and Black Flag and that whole genre of, like, late 80s, early 90s, hardcore DC punk, yeah. I missed. I missed that because well, I was Bad Brains and all that right. stuff. Yeah, like, and it was one of those things that I came into very late. I came in very late into the, the DC era punk scene i couldn't get into it because i loved the drums and i loved the guitar i don't like at least auditory i don't like fast bass lines yeah I, I, it's I, hard I, for me to follow a fast bass line so a whole key component of the infrastructure <laughs> of a dc fast bass is line. a fast yeah. bass yeah. line yeah, yeah. So, and that was the hard part too like i'm looking at the songs and i'm looking at liar and i'm like this is an awesome song mm-hmm. this is but i'm like I'm a very truthful person. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't feed bullshit and everything. Yeah. So as much as I love Liar, yeah. it was like, that couldn't be the song. Right. See, no, disconnect's the right choice. But that's the thing, like, as it is, like, call arms, go to yeah. war, but also, too, it's just one of those moments when if the world is full of shit and everything, I just want to unplug myself. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because Black Flag, for me, was the direct path to Rage Against the Machine. Mm-hmm. And just that whole fuck you in your face anti-establishment. See, I, fell, in, attitude, I you know? fell into see, I fell into punk through pop punk. Yeah, that, I guess those, those are good compilations. Right. So I fell. Yeah, I fell into pop. I fell into straight like like, like that DC era punk. Yeah. I fell into that because I. I mean, obviously, growing up, you know, I mean, any pro, you, you throw a rock, you're gonna find somebody who knows the Ramones, the Sex Pistols. Yeah. You're gonna find somebody who knows those bands. But ask somebody to name a punk band outside of those three, Sex Pistols, Ramones, and, and, and who was the other one of that era that was really big? Um, well, there was the Stooges. Stooges. Yeah. yeah. The Stooges are Sto- kind of like... Stooges the- are that weird, like, mainstream uh, underground adjacent. Like, yeah. they, they bridge both sides. Um, but... But um, before the we Clash, move, that's another yeah. one. That's the one. Thank yeah. you. Clash. Clash. Was yeah, so, so, you got, so I found all of that stuff through pop punk handpicked the punk that I liked out of that, but then realized, like, for the most part, most of these DC-era punk but, but punk bands are all kind of telling the same story. It's a matter of what you're getting attached to verbally. Yeah. yeah. To me, the music all sounded the same. It was the lyrics that were different, and it, but it was all telling the same story through different perspectives. Yeah. 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 But uh, before we move on to your number, number two, two... My number two. I do have to... It's something I always have to mention whenever Rollins comes up. It's the fact that if I do get to go see him in October, this would be the second time. Right. We because this gentleman right across from me facilitated the first encounter with uh, Henry Rollins and actual interaction with the man. The award ceremony. Yeah, the Ray Bagberry award ceremony. And we actually were able to talk to him afterwards and got our picture with him. And Before every- and after. Yeah. So to branch out from the music department... Um, Henry Rollins is one of the most well-read humans on the planet. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Incredibly, incredibly intelligent. He devours knowledge. You know, yeah. Yes, that's a great fucking analogy right there. He just devours knowledge and is readily willing and able to share it with everyone who will listen. And I think that's what makes him phenomenal. He's like like a teacher 
who uses it through the lens of his punk background mm-hmm. and you know, it just rage Buddha. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. If there was ever going to be a person that I had to like, if it was one of those, okay, the world needs to make a really hard decision. Like the entire world is, is predicated on this decision and we needed one person to make it. I would have Henry Rollins make the decision. Yeah. I don't know what the question is, but if anybody's going to make the yeah. wisest decision, it's Henry Rollins. Oh, he'll at least take the long enough pause to contemplate what the answer is going to be. Yeah. And then I'll accept whatever comes out exactly. of his mouth at that point. Okay, okay let's, get, let's get rolling. Let's, okay. let's get into the number twos. Go for it. Uh, so my my number two um, is from one of my favorite bands. That's the thing is the other couple songs on here were not from bands that I consider my favorite bands. My top two bands, they are tied for first. I cannot pick one over the other. Is a band um, out of Canada called The Birthday Massacre. Okay. Female-led, um, kind of a synth, dark synth rock band. Mm-hmm. Um, and then My Chemical Romance. I think everybody in this fucking town knows how much I yeah. love My Chemical Romance. Um, you don't say. Right. Exactly. So uh, my number two is my favorite song by the Birthday Massacre called Happy Birthday. Their, Happy uh, Birthday song? Right. No. <laughs> when you listen to, if you listen to the lyrics, it's... It, it, they're talking about stabbing somebody in the back of the head. I'm pretty sure that's oh, far okay. away from. I was going to ask if this would be appropriate sticking. for Ellie's eighth birthday. No, no, <laughs> talking about sticking it in the back of back of their head. No, um, sticking so, it. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's funny is the song, the original title of the song was called "The Birthday Massacre," because the band was originally called Imagica. Okay. As they started gaining traction, turned out there was another band called. Magica. The fuck you say? And so, how weird is that? Yeah. So they decided we're gonna go ahead and call ourselves the Birthday Massacre, and That's then change title. the I, name yeah. of the song from the Birthday Massacre to Happy Birthday. So there's two versions of the song. Okay. From two different albums, from technically two different bands. So they had a different lineup. Well, yes. The, that's the thing about Birthday Massacre is. Through the years, they've had completely different lineups, except for the three original founding members. Chibi, Falcor, and Rainbow are the three original founding members. They started the in... The fuck co- out. I love these names so yeah. far. So, so, her, so Chibi and Falcor is his name, and then Rainbow. They are the original founding members. They met in college. They started in college, and they have been the only three members to state, but they have changed members all across to the mm-hmm. point that they even just got new members this tour going around um but yeah the song is really good it's got a very like when you if you listen to it you'll go like yeah that's definitely a doug song very dark very okay. very very, very, very see goth, i like that wow mine's gothic. really gonna be a flip of the coin oh my, my number one is gonna be a yeah. huge my number two coin. my number one is gonna be completely out there uh, what's your number two uh my number two is there's no other way to kind of dance. We already talked about this this album a moment ago. My number two is one of my favorite bands of all time, the very first band I ever saw live, and it's Burned by The Cure. Nice. Um, and for the longest time, didn't do this song live. No, they wouldn't do the song live, and um, which I, I was fine with. There's There's something about that song in particular. It just... It's such a departure... From kind of that emo, gothic feel that Cure has, um, but at the same time maintains it, and it completely encompasses the rage of one of my favorite films. 
Like that is this that in, yeah. in the movie that's the scene where Eric Draven has gone around and he's picked up pieces of his past that is completely shattered and fucking in ruins, literally in ruins. And he sits down and he gets a look at himself in the mirror and he looks at the pictures and you know of he and Shelley and that song starts to fade in. Yeah, and then yeah, that's a, where the transformation great, becomes. It's a great needle drop. Yes, and swelling. And it's him burning away who the fuck he was and becoming what the fuck he is. Yeah. To get the job done. Yeah, to, to me, Burn to. is the angriest song by The Cure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. The angriest song. It's probably, in my opinion, probably the only angry song by The Cure. I would agree with that. Yeah. I would oh, agree yeah. with totally that. Totally agree. But, but, oddly enough, one of those angry songs that comes from a place uh, that originates in love. Love, yeah. And that's something which The Cure it, captures almost second to none. Which, oh, I totally agree. I mean, if you look at anger, especially from something, for the, the the message that you're trying to convey in, in, in my opinion, in the song of Burn is that real anger comes out of real love. Yes. Yeah. You, you yeah, 100% right agree with real that. Real anger comes out of real love. You know, for, and oddly enough for me, The Cure is, uh, Pictures of You is like my breakup song. Yeah. My breakup song. Oh, yeah. Um, and lullaby. I mean, Getting everything that they going crying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's just, but that is such a departure from, well, I, that's kind of fucked to say. It's not who they are. Yeah. It's just what it's they were feeling. feeling. It's what they were feeling and it's not what we were used to hearing them feel. Have you seen? And they made us feel so much more with that song. Have you seen the video of The Cure doing Burn at Lollapalooza? Um, and Robert Smith actually has the recorder and plays the recorder for the first little bit of the song because you know how there's that yeah <laughs> there's a video that high pitched fucking squeak <laughs> he has a really? fucking recorder I'm fucking lo- I, I don't know if it's Lol I can't I think it's Lollapalooza it might have been um, not Aftershock what's the other one there's the Vans Warped Tour there's Warped gone, um, yeah Warped Tour Lollapalooza wasn't Coachella because this was before Coachella. I think it was Lollapalooza. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it was it's Lollapalooza. I was about to throw out Gathering of the Juggalos. <laughs> they just had that <laughs> last weekend. Um, no, yeah, the original the original incarnations of the of the uh, uh, Lollapalooza tour had some of the greatest bands playing, so that doesn't surprise me. Well. Yeah, and so he pulls it. He has this recorder, and it's just it, it's Robert Smith and all his Robert Smith glory with his hair and his oversized button up shirt and his really baggy pants. And that fucking and Susie a, and the Banshee lipstick. Yeah, yeah. And a yeah. fucking recorder comes out of nowhere. Promise. Baggy shirt. I, you know, listen, if, if we're going to go that way, we got to go with corn and bagpipes, too. Exactly. So, yeah. The shit you don't expect to see on stage, you know. <laughs> All right, what's your number two? Well, shit you don't expect. Um, yeah, going from two pretty dark songs, and my last one was about rage and being pissed off and everything. Now, I would kind of sum this song up as my happy thought. Please be Goofy Goober from Spongebob. <laughs> I like no. <laughs> no, no uh, I'm going to say the song is my happy thought, and I'll kind of dive into it more. Alanis Morissette's Head Over Feet. Dude! What a beautiful song. Yes. Oh, my God, what a beautiful and song. And I'll, I'll just say this right now. It will always remind me of a certain person. Got it. Yeah. But no matter where life will take me and this person, yeah. this song let me know that I could be happy and I can make somebody happy. Mm-hmm. I can be loved and I can make somebody feel loved. 
Yeah, to you, it's a pure song. Yeah, it's the pure song to me. Yeah. And like I said, it's always going to remind me of Kim. Fuck it. Why am I being around the bush? I was say, you've dropped her name like 17 times, and now you're censoring yourself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think you mentioned Alanis Morissette, and I, and I think is really funny about Alanis Morissette, and we'll get back to the, the song lyrics in a minute. Yeah. Alanis Morissette, when she came out, everybody loved her because it was the random misunderstood girl. Yeah. And then everybody realized that no one actually understands Alanis Morissette because Alanis Morissette is, in fact, misunderstood. Oh, yeah. So all of these mainstream people were like, I understand Alanis Morissette because I'm misunderstood, too. I connect with her. No, Alanis Morissette is truly misunderstood. So back to your yeah, but um, <laughs> I I love how she bears herself in that song. Yeah, that's so fucking phenomenal. And it's I said a, it again. God damn it! Yeah, Sorry. it's a beautiful, like we said, pure song. It's a pure yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, and you can see it from the video too, where it's just a simple shot of her face. I will say though, I do wish we could finally get a Fiona Apple and it's more set duet. So. Oh, dude! Just wait until you hear that Hazley song. Fucking criminal. Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, it's funny to end it on a funnier note, but just like you said, it, like you said, the song is always going to be a happy thought to me. And it should be. Yeah. Uh, somebody posted on Twitter this uh, mowing company that's called Atlantis Mowing. Atlantis Morissette piped in with, uh, I, I really wish I could bring the lyric up right now. She made like a parody lyric of You Ought to Know when it came to launch you ought to mow yeah uh, <laughs> landscaping and everything a couple days later Weird Al piped in with hey stay in your lane I read that I, was, I laughed I was like oh that's funny but nice. I was like but then I was thinking like oh I would kill for Alanis Morissette Weird Al duet oh that'd be hilarious dude because she, she has a sense of heartbeat. humor yeah well she, she started on you can't do that on television yeah well, uh, by the way that is what I know of Nickelodeon. Yeah. When kids go like, oh, the fucking Teen Choice Awards, and they got the slime. That slime came from You Can't Do It on Television. It's Canadian, folks. Yeah. It's a fucking Canadian thing. And that gave us a Lance Morris. Yep. Anytime you said water, I don't know. You got water yeah. or slime. Yeah. Um, there's episodes of You Can't Do That on Television on Paramount+. Plus. Are you serious? Because yeah. I've always most had a YouTube the, or whatever. Most of Nickelodeon's catalog all the way back to You Can't Do That on Television is on Paramount+. Plus. Okay, I'm going to have to take a look. Yeah, it's worth it. Because that's, that's a it's trip I want to take. It's worth the $7.99 a month for the Nickelodeon backlog alone. Yeah. Not counting the MTV Star backlog Trek as well. Guys, yeah. They got a good selection of Unplugged on you, there. So when you, when you mentioned that, when, the first time I read it on, on the list, because we, we told each other we were going to give ourselves our, our top our, yeah, our but time. we weren't gonna say our number ones, we're which we are now. Which we're about yeah. to hit. But when when I saw Head Over Feet on there, I I could just hear that just that simplistic, just heart rending vocal and gentle guitar in the background. Oh, and yeah. it, oh my god! It's the most complicated. It's, it's the most. It's the easiest song about the most complicated topic in the world. Yeah. Very true. Fighting, falling in love, yep. and then yeah. just letting it happen. Yep. It's yeah. so fucking yeah, it's, rad. Yeah, it's the easiest song, the most complicated. Great choice. Great choice. Yeah, good one, man. All right, number ones. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna so be having good. gone through all of those random... I swear this is probably going to have to be a two-part episode. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. My number one is World Dudes by Less Than, Dr- Less Than Jake this featuring Kel Mitchell. Seven, five, we're number one. 
fuck out. Nice. That is my number one. That is my number one song of all time. We're all dudes. By less than Jake featuring Kel Mitchell. It is a feel-good song. It is a fun song. Well, I know it you're in love of Kel. So. It is a song. If you look at the root of the song, that song is never more needed than today. Because it is a song about equality, equalness, and that everybody is the same. Because I'm a dude, you're a dude, he's a dude, she's a dude, we're all dudes. Hey. Fucking it is a team. equal rights song to its fucking core, and it's got trumpets. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can end there. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think you have to put anything else on that one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, that's funny because mine is also a song that I believe is needed right now, and my version of it, the, the one that I really, really love of this song, um, might surprise you a little bit. There's an extended version with a little lead in and some strings that kind of play it in. But mine is What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. What a wonderful world. Nice. I know the extended version you're talking about. Yes, because yeah. he talks about, hey, look, you know, if, if there was more love in this world, we'd be a lot happier. And man, this world would be a gasser. And he's like, and that's I gotta, what Pops keeps I saying. do agree that one. And then also, too, I would have to throw the Joey Ramone version in there, too. I... So I appreciate that version. I of do, it. do. I do appreciate it, but I do give Louis Armstrong's. And it just—it's something about the classic, the strings behind totally it. Totally agree. You, you know, you don't. It's Louis being Louis without having to use the signature. There's a trumpet, and you know, I, I just love that song. There is a desperate tone in Louis Armstrong's voice on that song. Yeah. There is a desperate tone, almost a plea of like. Let's make the world a better yeah. place. So, as much as it has that grovelly thing that we're all we know Louis Armstrong yeah. for, we know, and Louis Armstrong will make you feel good in any situation. Yeah. But the reason that that song has that, it just it has this plea of desperation of like, let's all get along, like like wonderful world. So that's why that song, in my, at least in my opinion, as a Louis Armstrong song, sounds completely different than any other Louis Armstrong song. I, I spoke to one of my supervisors today um, when I was at the DO. I'll just say the district office. Yeah. Um, I, I spoke to one of my supervisors today, and she said something to me that really encapsulated, knowing we were going to do this recording today, mm -hmm. really encap uh, encapsulated and defined my pick in my mind. Um, she was talking about how she, she lived in New York. And everybody walked with their heads down, you know, moving to and from, fast, fast-paced. Um, she lived in New York. She lived in California. I'm like, I, I love the differences mm -hmm. in, in our culture, you know, yeah. from coast to coast. And she said, I got to a point where when I had to go somewhere, I would walk and take a little bit more time, and I learned to look up. And you saw some of the most beautiful clouds, skylines, architecture, trees. You heard more. And... And I think that kind of encapsulates what a wonderful world because if you, it's like Ferris Bueller. If you don't slow down, stop and take a look around once in a while, you're going to miss it. And that's, there is a beautiful world to be had out there. And if we could just stop fucking pissing on one another and shitting on one another all the time, God, it's fucking, it would be amazing. Mm -hmm. And that's why it just, it touches me to my, to my very core. Yeah. I love it very and much. And beautiful choices. Uh, I guess now it's mine. Yes. My song, the first time I ever heard it, 
was on an episode of Scrubs. Oh. Yeah. Man love? No. I have to get the play. More than a feeling, Boston? No. Okay. No, it is Colin Hayes' Overkill. Day after day, it reappears. Ah. Yeah. Such a fucking great song. And, like I said, with... Uh, that makes... That checks, dude. That makes... That's not a shocker to me, though. That's your number one. Yeah, because thinking about it as you're talking and everything, and then just thinking about how with Reckless Air, uh, Whole Wide World, Overkill is one of those songs, too, if, like, my brain is going out of control, going overkill, I start repeating lyrics in my head, and thinking about the lyrics now, it basically is that. No matter what everything is, it's just overkill. It's not worth it. It's Mm -hmm. something just to take a step forward and let it just slide. And that's the thing, too. This song was originally done by Man at Work, which that version, okay. But the acoustic version by Colin A., like he did in that episode of Scrubs. Mm-hmm. It was phenomenal. And it just stood out where it was just like, I fucking love this song. Like, yeah. And it was such a throwaway sequence, too. And it was just one of those linear things for the episode where it wasn't even like part of the episode completely. Like some of the episodes would have a song. Yeah, like, like yeah, more than a feeling. Yeah. That whole air drum sequence. But right. it just builds up to Colin Hay still playing it and Dr. Cox coming out, destroying his guitar. A la yeah. John Belushi Animal House. Yep. But even after everything's said and done with Scrubs and all these years later, a song still stuck to me. And that's honestly the best way to sum up all these. These are the type of songs that just stick with us. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the most miraculous things I've ever seen, and it's just a testament to the power of what music does for us. Because as I sit around here and I look at all you guys, and, and all you guys, I sit here and look at all of us and see how happy and how connected we are talking about music and how it reaches out to you. And I, I watched a video of a gentleman who was a World War II veteran in a retirement home, and he was suffering from, from Alzheimer's. Not to bring the room down at all, but it's this is very uplifting at the end. Right? Right? So he did, he did. Uh, he actually helped me fill it out when he remembered where he was. So, um, dick. So, he, again, he was sitting there, and he was he would struggle with, you know, like his daughter not knowing who she was and things like that. And uh, one one day, one of the uh, one of the doctors in the place had suggested, "Have you ever tried playing music?" from when he was younger and seeing what that opens up because smell you know senses Mm -hmm. really do things sometimes it's touch but a lot of times it's auditory or a sense of smell Mm -hmm. you know or sense of taste which are directly connected yeah um that can bring you back and sure enough they put some headphones on him and uh played played some big band music from the 40s and he sang along to everyone and remembered everybody in the room even for just a brief moment in time and i think even for just a brief moment in time, it gives us a, a chance to revisit, you know, old girlfriends mm-hmm. that, you know, we danced to Berlin to, or, <laughs> you know, that sensation you get every time you hear head over feet, you know, uh, or every, the feeling I get every time I'm drumming along to one and somebody else chimes in, you know, because it's a song that touched them as well, too. And uh, I'm really looking forward to us doing so many more musical oh, episodes. Yeah. Music, yeah. Yeah. It's such a connecting piece. Sweet Jesus! This is a long episode. <laughs> it's probably not even our longest, though. <laughs> but still, it's probably not. But I guarantee you, it's one of our most passionate ones. Oh, oh yeah, definitely, yeah. it's definitely a two-parter. But honestly, with it being our 11th anniversary and our start of our 12th year, why not? 
No, this is an Look actual at episode. You. <laughs> Look at you bring it around to our catchphrase, to yeah. our, our Kevin Smith driven cat. You're a fuck. This guy learning how to segue into shit. God damn it. We've been, been doing 11 years. We've been doing 11 years. I'm sure you figured so it out. Later. Blind Squirrel finds a nut sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty soon the show's going to need an advanced directive. 35 more years of this, you'll get an advanced directive. And a, probably a prostate exam, yeah. but still. But still, um, it's an anniversary episode, so we might as well close it with the usual bullshit. Are we sucking dicks now? Uh, after the mics go off. Oh, yeah. We're going to verbally suck some dicks. Yeah, we're not on Patreon. We're not going to start sucking each other's dicks. We're not getting paid. We don't, no, this is an OnlyFans. So this is like a over-the-pants robot? Yeah. Okay, okay. But, gotcha. um... Honestly, fucking shit. I know I say every damn anniversary episode, but thank you, listeners, that continue to listen. Seriously, I mean, we have our, our dedicated group, and I know we have others that, you know, I just sent our information to somebody at the district office. Yeah. Um, uh, today or yesterday? No, today. Today, and she started listening to our stuff. Yeah, I was in time. line for Weird oh, Al. I'm sorry. And I was talking to uh, <laughs> a dude about the stuff, and I bring up podcasts. He's like, you do a podcast? Gave him the rundown, the usual rundown. He's like, what's it called? I'm like, nowhere in California. Luckily, I brought cards with me at that time. He's like, fuck, I'm, I'm in. What I think is so funny, it's, and this is totally related to the anniversary, when we first started this show and we would tell people we did a podcast, people would say, what's a podcast? Yeah. And now people say, you do a podcast? Well, we got in on the ground floor when yeah, the podcasts well, were did. kind of... Coming into the yeah, podcasts have been around for a couple of years, but not where they are now. Yeah, uh, because it was like, still homegrown. I rolled with it because of Kevin, Kevin mm-hmm. Smith's podcast and everything. And like, I had some shit going on where I'm like, I needed to do something. And then our illustrious uh, prodigal son, Philip Morgan, Philip. was yes. like, Sure, I'll do it with you. And yeah, because I fucked off to Los Angeles. Yeah, and but that got the ball rolling and. I'll I'll do it now because I always do it every episode, every anniversary episode. If it wasn't for Phil saying sure, why not? We wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I always give him that just do because we love you, and miss you, fucker. Yeah. Um. Thank you Working for saying for yeah, man. Yeah, busting his ass Working every day, man. man. Yeah, and I'll, I'll do this right now. I thank both you guys for continuing to just be like, yeah, let's do this. You know, it's funny because we've we've gone through so many ups and downs. And we've, you know, we, we've ebbed and flowed with this whole thing. But this has remained constant for us. It's something that we've, we've never wanted to back away from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that we've never compromised that even if we're screaming into a void, we're doing it on our terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was, you know, you guys brought me in, you know, uh, after you'd been established in for a while. And... Uh, we had some of our greatest topics, you know, some of our greatest things that we got to do. And I was so enamored by everything that you guys did and being able to come in and sit in on the, the mental health episode that, that we had done meant the world to me. Um, you know, and the fact that you guys wanted me to come back and that I've been hanging around for all the long years now, <laughs> that I have an advanced director. I can say you've been around long enough. Now uh, now advanced now. <laughs> so, but you know, it's, I, I treasure these moments, you know, and it's it's 
it's it's something that I look back on fondly over the years, you know, and then I can go back and go, oh, listen to this, listen to our Birdcage episode, listen to you know, uh, you know, this episode or that episode or whatever it might be, and then it just becomes, you know, just fucking start here and listen, listen to the shit that that you know, look at, listen to, uh, you know, listen to the solo stuff, listen to the duet stuff, listen to what all four of us are, are you know, are there, and it's the passion that I really appreciate the most. Uh, because I get so excited about doing this, and I, I love carving time out to be able to do this stuff with you guys. It it means the world to me. I like to thank myself. Yes. <laughs> I'd like to thank myself for doing yes. such a great job. God. Yeah. Now, I mean, I it's it's the same thing as it is every year. I, generally, I'm the one to go last at all of these. I've, I I think um, it's you guys, the fans. It's it's you guys, the co's. It's it's it's. We need this show. I mean, that's the thing. As much as it's about, like, you know, as it's fun and thank you guys, the mm-hmm. fans, we as individuals all need this show for our own reasons. And I think I have learned more about my friends as people from recording the show than I have just hanging out, going to the movies. You know, it, we learn more about each other and and learn more about ourselves, too, in doing this show. And... Having gone through this for now coming in on 12 years, all of our lives have gone through so many crazy changes and so many different things, yet here we are, you know, month after month, year after year, doing this no matter what changes. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's honestly the best way to sum it up, and I think we need to end this so we can help uh, Old Man River here uh, fill out his paperwork. He might die before he gets paperwork. finished. Paperwork? What do you... What paperwork? Advanced directive. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, senility is kicking in. So we lost some uh, these guys. Yeah, that's. Oh God. Woo. Well, with all that being said, because I always say, with all that being said, this has been Josh. This has been Nick. This has been Doug. And be, be excellent, excellent to each, each other. other.